There's only one true gospel we understand, is the gospel that brings liberty to those who are oppressed, that open prison doors, that is good news to the poor. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Experiencing Christ's love is just the beginning. Pursue your call to love God and love your neighbor at the 2019 CBF General Assembly, June 17 to 21 in Birmingham, Alabama. Join the Cooperative Baptist family as they worship, learn, and grow through innovative training experiences, nightly worship, partner events, and a vibrant exhibit hall with booths, live podcasts, and music. For more information and to register, visit cbf.net slash assembly. In this week's episode, we're going to have a conversation with Paul Masisa, president of the Baptist World Alliance. Paul is from South Africa, and that's something he'll talk about later in this interview. So he talks about the problem of church uniting with state. But he's also going to talk about the work of the Baptist World Alliance. He has served as president since July of 2015. His five-year term runs into next year. And so in that position, he's had an opportunity to travel around the world to meet with Baptists in a number of different contexts. I've had a chance to get to know Paul during these years as his BWA leadership. Always impressed every time when I hear him speak. We've interviewed him before in our Word and Way magazine, but hadn't yet had him on the podcast. So I was really happy to have an opportunity to sit down with Paul last month during the BWA Executive Committee meeting in Falls Church, Virginia. And I hope that you'll come back later this week. We'll have a special bonus episode so you can hear even more from Paul, as we'll be playing a sermon that he gave recently. So you can hear a bit more about his thoughts on missions and evangelism and justice. But here's my interview with Paul Masisa. Well, first of all, Paul, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And yeah, I'm excited to... It's always good to be with you. You are the president of the Baptist World Alliance, uh-huh. and you have been now getting close to four years out of a five-year term. Yeah, so yeah. I guess you just about have everything figured out now. <laughs> well, it's, it's just really a journey that has been very exciting, and thanks to God for the privilege, the opportunity really to serve, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful to God for this. Well, for those who may not be familiar, how would you describe the Baptist World Alliance? Well, a Baptist World Alliance is this wonderful fellowship of Baptists coming from all around the world. I think it's over 123 countries and more than 177,000 churches. And uh, yes, it's, it's really a good taste of what heaven ought to be. We come from all over the world, different cultures, different backgrounds, but... We all come into this wonderful fellowship as God's children, and it's really, really a wonderful experience. And this is what the Baptist World Alliance is. Together we mobilize churches, together we encourage, together we do a good work of advocacy, speaking on behalf of those who are marginalized, those who are oppressed, and together we encourage one another, you know, in times of trouble, and we also celebrate when there's good work that's happening for the sake of the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Baptist World Alliance. 
in your position, you have traveled all over the world, yes. meeting with Baptists, worshiping with Baptists in, in a lot of different contexts. And I know that we could spend probably an hour just you sharing some of those stories. But I, I wonder at this yeah. moment if there's maybe like one or two, and it could even just be the more recent ones or, or it could be an older one, experiences of being with Baptists somewhere that, that have really touched you. Yeah, the recent one was, of course, our visit to Ukraine. And we were privileged to go and share with Baptists who are who were affected by the war and those who are still in the war zone and just to be with them, to encourage them, but also have a moment to share tears together, to cry over what we saw as a destruction that's caused by war. In one instance, which really brought us all to tears, was we came to this village and it was all senior people in that village. They have nowhere to go. That's the only place. This is the only home, and they cannot run. They cannot, and they were just hemmed in, in a war situation. They, they were telling us the stories in tears that, when night came every night, then the bombing would start, and some of the shells would just land into their village, and then and we they show us places that have been you know destroyed, and and some of it you could see that just happened. And they, there's a, a place that was used for coal storage. It's an underground coal storage. And now they use it to, as a shelter, bomb shelter. Whenever there's these bombings, they had to cram in there. It can only take about 30 people. They have to stand and squeeze together. And this is a type of life that these people have to live. Their faith is resilient. Even in that situation, they still love God. They still continue to pray, put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is, is still in my mind. At times when I am sleeping peacefully, I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about people who can't have a peaceful night. People who cannot wake up in the morning to look forward to a good day. This has made me to really do more in praying, support, raising voices, and, and encouraging Christians wherever I travel to say, you know, we need to join our prayers together for these people. And if there's a way we can talk to those who are in power, who can make a, a difference, we need to do that. And yes, this is the opportunity. This is the minister of the Baptist World Alliance, to be in solidarity, stand alongside those who are going through the moments of challenge. Yeah, this has been one challenging visit that I had. And previously also, I visited a Baptist in Egypt. And for me, it was the first time to be in a Muslim country. It became a bit kind of abnormal when on Sunday it was just a normal day like Monday and we couldn't you know wake up and dress up go to church no church can only happen when people come from work so the main church service in those countries it's at six in the evening we sometimes take it for granted you know we wake up on Sunday you know you're going for an early morning service you're going for 11 o'clock service and all that 
But some, some people, some fellow Baptists, some fellow Christians in the world do not have that kind of freedom. And for me, it was a challenge to see how Christians managed to adjust and to continue to thrive and to experience the joy of the Lord, even in situations that would become, for some of us who are used to these normal days and time, to become like a difficult situation. But for them, it had become normal. And they continue to serve God. They continue to hold services either on Saturday and so forth. And for me, it was a learning experience. And I bless the Lord for those visits. And uh, yes, I can share the whole day, Brian, as you said, you know, as I'm talking to you, you know, another experience come. You know, while we're in Egypt, we visited this peculiar church. It's, it's, this is a church in what you'd call in the garbage center. These are Christians who work to sort out garbage. And they live in there. They go out with their vehicles or the horse cart and and anything they can find to bring in the garbage to sort it for recycling. When we drove in there, I didn't expect to find a church. But there we were, in the middle of this village of people who work with garbage, a church. We met a pastor. We met deacons, Sunday school teachers, and they had this wonderful building held by fellow Christians from Korea to put this wonderful structure, a three-level kind of building. And they were sharing that they began to build a structure from the resources they get from collecting garbage and sorting out garbage. And that was, for me, a huge testimony and very humbling experience. And these stories that when we come to heaven, they they are the ones who would be in the front of the queue to get their crowns and will listen to their testimonies because they had carried the cross even at the time when the cross was too heavy, when there were so many obstacles, but yet they carried the cross of the Lord and they lifted the name of Jesus high. And we bless the Lord for those testimonies. And I'm, I'm really indebted and thank God for the Baptist World Alliance for this opportunity to serve in this position and to give me this experience, to give me this opportunity to travel and see and meet fellow Christians and to share in their, in their circumstances and situation. It has been a wonderful journey. And I'm still looking forward to more of those experiences. I find it telling that the two stories that first came to mind are the small, persecuted minority yeah. communities of Baptists, and which is a reminder that in many, many yes. contexts, yes. Baptists are a very small, yes. small yes. group. Yes. Uh, and yet when we come together at the BWA, there is power in the size of that global family. Yes, yes, yes. And it's true, yes. Whenever we come together and in the last meeting in Europe I met, Baptists from coming from these, like in Turkey, there are only four or five churches. But when they come into the Baptist family, the joy of saying, you know, we feel that we belong to a, a, a bigger family. We feel that we're not 
just alone and by herself. We know that we have our sisters and brothers all over the world. And that's what the Baptist would bring as a comfort. And it's so important. People need to know that the Baptist world is this very important fellowship that we need, by God's grace, to continue to support. Because for those Baptists who come from the places where they are such a tiny minority, you don't know how much it means for them to belong to a bigger family. It really comforts them. And, and I can say a little bit about myself because in the situation of South Africa when the church was in cahoots with the state, so to say, you know, the church did not stand up and at the beginning. We thank God that towards the end of apartheid, the church was very instrumental in making sure that we bring down that evil system. But at the time when apartheid had its grip on the country and where we were powerless, where I came into the Baptist Alliance during those days and it was so comforting to come to a family of believers that says what's happening in your country is not the will of God and that was a very strong and comforting message and that's that's for me a message that had stayed with me and I've seen the value of the World Alliance since then and it continues to be so important to me and to many who are part of this family and to everyone who is not a member of the World Alliance. I want to take this opportunity. If you listen to this podcast, you need to come and be part of the family to experience this joy that we are experiencing through the fellowship of the Baptist World Alliance. You're a great ambassador. My last question was going to be, but you've already got there. Okay. You already started to talk about, about South Africa. All right. Uh, but I've heard you talk several times about growing up in apartheid mm-hmm. and how that has impacted your vision of the gospel, a holistic gospel and work of the church. And I wonder if you could briefly kind of share about how that drives the way you see the Christian mission in the world. Growing up in South Africa was, first first of all, I, I use this word, and many Christians will agree with me in South Africa that in those difficult days, to be a Christian in South Africa was, was very difficult for us as blacks in the townships, in the villages, because Christianity was associated with the system of oppression. So when you become a Christian, in simple terms in South Africa, you were called a sellout. At the time I was a student at high school, I went to college, and every time you have to explain yourself, not explain the the good news of the gospel, but to explain why do you embrace part of the system that is oppressing the people. And we had, for, for many evangelical Christians, or let me say believers, Protestants and Catholics, the same in South Africa, I think we, we were struggling to define the gospel because when you wanted to do a holistic approach, you were simply labeled a communist, not even a liberal. No, you were called a communist. You were, you, you were embracing terrorism in South Africa. And, and therefore, this brand has made me to become so conscious about the holistic approach to the gospel. I cannot 
see, find any, any that reason that can make me to kind of decide to a very dualistic approach to the gospel or a very stereotype gospel because I have lived in a situation where I was told you are a Christian, stay away from politics, you are a Christian, don't talk about government, you are a Christian, you need to respect the government even when the government does wrong things because the government has been ordained by God by opposing the government, you are opposing God. We have lived through that argument, that struggle where you'd say to people, God is only concerned about saving your soul to go to heaven. God does not worry about your life, your condition. And that's how we were forced. This, that was the doctrine, the teaching that was forced down our throats during those days. And when we came to a point where we started to realize that this is not what Jesus Christ said, the generation of Christians who lived during those days there will be no way that you could convince them otherwise because there's only one true gospel we understand is the gospel that brings liberty to those who are oppressed, that open prison doors, that is good news to the poor. And the poor in at all, you know, all poor in spirit, poor materially, poor everything, you know, those who, who have but they don't know that without God they are poor. So we we have come to come a long way as South Africa to be at where most of the people live during those days are today. But it's very sad, I can say, that the prosperity gospel is is taking many, many Christians backward, but mostly are those who did not experience what we've experienced. Because if you have come through the cycle, you will you will not enjoy saying to people that God is going to prosper you and knowing well that you're not telling them the whole truth. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It was a joy to be in your country in 2015 for the Baptist World Congress and mm-hmm. to see the South Africans dancing and singing down the hallway after you were elected oh, yeah. president. That, that was such a, <laughs> a fun memory. And as we're encouraging people to connect with the BWA okay. next year, Rio 2020, yeah. Yeah. we're going to gather there together for the next celebration. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, oh, to get a good group from South Africa to come. We want to do some dancing again. <laughs> we, we want to dance, you know, do some dancing as I'll be handing over to the next president. And Very good. Yes. We well, many blessings. Forward. Thanks for all that you you do for the global baptist family and thanks for being with us amen amen thank brian i'm thankful to god i thank my lord jesus christ my savior my redeemer for having saved my life kept me all the way until today and and i still put my hope and trust and my life in his hands to take me forward and thankful to god for all the support i'm receiving from loving people from the Baptist family and continue to pray for me, pray for my family as I'm traveling and we are just doing the last last lap and uh, we, we will be installing a new president and we're going to give him the full support. God bless you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about the Baptist World Alliance at bwanet.org. As always, you can find us at wordandway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. 
Remember to come back later this week for our bonus episode of A Sermon by Paul Masisa. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook. and Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you have any comments or feedback, please send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. And if you'd like to support this program, you can do so by heading to wordandway.org and hitting the Donate button. Anything you give will help support the production of this podcast, as well as our monthly magazine and our website. Thanks for listening.